welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Rim Run Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And today, uh, coming to you, doing a little draft talk, the lottery, seeing where everybody landed, talking about um, a few of the prospects, and one in particular, Mr. LaMelo Ball. And I brought one of my uh, my Laker brothers on today from uh, Lakers SB Nation, as well as from USA, USA Today's Lonzo Wire. Mr. Jacob Rude, how you doing, good sir? I'm doing great. It was, we were talking before this, it's nice to be rooting for a successful Lakers team again. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun watching the Lakers in the playoffs. And it was kind of uh, kind of coming full circle that the Lakers first playoff win and it was like 3,000 days came on lottery night, kind of the official end to all the tanking. Man, look. I was just sitting back watching, waiting for the game to come on. Like, boy, I don't miss that feeling, especially not at all. The last few times we was in the lottery, it was like, well, you either get something or you get nothing at all. So it was like, uh, what are we gonna do, man? What are we gonna do? I can't tell you how many times there was like a string of years in a row, like you said, where it was like we either get a top whatever pick or we don't get the pick. Where I'm like sitting at an event I'm covering and people are like texting me like pick by pick who got it and like 14 this and then like when the Lakers would get the pick it would just be like a string of like text and all capitals and like exclamation points and I'd be stuck there like celebrating at a track meet or something while everybody else is looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah look hey I must say though last year when I was watching uh, I watched the lottery I was in my living room and when I seen they made the jump my uh, at the time was my uh, my fiance. Uh, she was uh, you know back in the bedroom in the bathroom, and I just came in here and collapsed on the floor just at the thought of <laughs> Zion. And I was like, if this happens, you don't understand. You don't understand right now. So it was like super exciting last year, and uh, everything worked out in our favor, man. We got AD, and like you said, we we get to watch some playoff basketball. Last night we got a much needed win. It's the first time I think since 2012. Lakers led a playoff series, so uh, it's it's a bunch of firsts these past few days. So I'm I'm just grateful for it all. It was so weird. It when they won the other day, um, I went back and started looking at that series that they last won a playoff game against the Thunder, and just like looking how much the game has changed. They uh, that game the Lakers only attempted like 18 three pointers, and on Thursday they made 14 which was like a franchise record Mm. like the three-point era came and was fully embraced by the league in the time since the Lakers last won a playoff game yeah and we've been through like so so much trying to find like identity um Mm -hmm. and to see us finally finally falling in line and finally seeing some success let me tell you I do not miss the lottery at all Trust no, I, it was a we, it was weird not having any sort of pressure watching the lottery, just kind of like enjoying the spectacle and oh, I yeah, those are some stressful nights. I don't miss that in the least. Yeah, but uh, speaking of which, though, um, you know, the lottery came and went on Thursday. We didn't get too many surprises, but uh, we got a few of them. Um, just starting from the bottom to the top. Of course, the Spurs got the 11th pick. Suns got the 10th pick. Wizards got the ninth, and the the New York Knicks got the uh, the eighth pick in the uh, Detroit Pistons. Well, I was gonna say there is uh, 
proof that basketball gods still exist is that the Knicks routinely have the worst lottery luck. <sighs> Man, it's the it's the expectations. And for them, <laughs> it's even worse because, like I said, for us, at least we – it goes one or two ways. So you already prepare yourself for the bottom because you like, okay, if we lose, this is what we got to do. We know what we're going to be. But for the Knicks, it's like everything – does fall on they they kind of have to get that that pick you know at the top whether it's, it's the one at the lottery or if it's top two three four but yeah going into it it's yeah that, that got, that's gotta suck man i hope they can turn it around kind of i still like crack up at the uh at the graphic that was like zion durant zion, and Kyrie, Katie. and now it's yeah now it's gonna be uh like I don't even know R.J. Barrett, Ob- Obi, uh, I, yeah, Obi Toppin, and I don't, Julius. I don't know if he's still there next year. Like what a what a huge change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it sucks, and yeah, at seven we had the the Pistons, the Hawks at six, Cavaliers at five, the Bulls at four, Charlotte at three, the Golden State Warriors at two, and the Minnesota Timberwolves came away with the top pick. But, um, of course, like the the talk of the town, you know, the question everybody wants answered is what, what's the Warriors going to do? So tell me a little bit, Jacob, what, what do you think the Warriors' mindset is now that they know they're picking number two? We all know that the Giannis is – that's the plan, but you, you know how that can go when you depend on what another player is going to do when they actually are on a contender and leading that contender. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, Lakers fans specifically are aware of what it's like to rely on a superstar to come one way or the other for however many years that was their plan in free agency. Um, It's going to be interesting. In terms of the prospects, they – everything that has come out of the Warriors in the last couple months has been they do not – particularly value Lonzo Ball, or not nearly as high, or excuse me, LaMelo Ball, uh, not nearly as high as most people do. Um, It's it's typically Anthony Edwards that they have at the top of their list, but I think more than any prospect, I would be stunned if they didn't trade this pick. Um, Either, I think they're going to try to get an impact player Giannis, good luck with that. Like I was, I sat down the other night and on lottery night and just looked at a uh, at what the Warriors had to trade, and it is it is abysmal. Scares. Like, yeah, like they have their first rounder this year. They have the Timberwolves first rounder next year, which will probably be valuable even with the Timberwolves having the number one pick. And then like their <clears throat> their next best asset after that is like maybe Eric Pascal like whichever one of their mid-level like prospects you like most is probably their next best prospect uh or next best asset I mean so it's going to be interesting to see like who they target what they may be able to get because I think it, it really sounds like they're going to try to still go for it with within this championship window um, 
because I think on paper you could make a pretty good argument for drafting LaMelo and kind of crafting him into the the guard of the future. Um, but that requires him not playing right away. You basically not adding anything to this core. I mean, LaMelo will be able to contribute, but he's going to be a, a bench player. You can't really play Steph, Clay, and LaMelo together. Um, and really, that's kind of the problem they have with most of the prospects at the top of this draft. Even if they do favor Anthony Edwards, yeah, I don't think you'll be able to play him with either Steph or Clay as well. Um, Wiseman would be the only player that you could plug in potentially and play right away. And there's a lot of questions about him. He has as much, about as much of a sample size, probably less than what LaMelo had with all the, the stuff he had going on with the NCAA. Right. Um, so I could, I could see them either trading it for some type of impact player. I don't, I'd be interested to see what Philly does this, this uh, off season. Cause I kind of gave that as a hot take in a, in a slack I'm in for, for the NBA wire sites with USA today, where I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they tr- really tried to go after one of Ben Simmons or Embiid. Mm. Um, but I don't know. That's actually what led me to go on to like a, the ESPN trade machine to see what they had. And, it's nothing. So like either Philly is going to have to really value just like clearing cap space or it's going to have to be some type of three team trade. Cause basically they can offer two pretty high value picks and Wiggins and like Pascal or something. And I don't see how that's enough to get either Embiid or Ben Simmons. Yeah. And, and my biggest thing is, with actually drafting somebody, I, I do think Golden State, they'll be in the mix next year. So I'm trying to figure out of all these young dudes, who could I envision being like on the floor when the minutes matter, right? Because um, yeah. I feel like LaMelo, which we'll get into later, he he's a bit of a work in progress. Wiseman, like you said, he is not much tape on Wiseman, but we know how talented he is. And, you know, Anthony Edwards, he – I think he's likely going to go number one to the Timberwolves because he, he's a better natural fit for them and he's kind of what they need. But, you know, if they did draft Anthony with Edwards, you still got Clay that you want to uh, play at the two. And, you know, for whatever our feelings are about Andrew Wiggins, he's still there. And, you know, I do think that they'll give him a fair shot to prove that he can fit in with the full team when they're healthy. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, keep, I hear it. Aaron Gordon, I hear Miles Turner. I think they got a $17 million trade exception from when they traded Andre Iguodala. So, you know, they got – I don't know what they can do with that, but they got, like, things that they can work out. But the biggest question – well, the biggest thing is who's the player that you fit into that? Besides, they want Giannis, obviously. That is no secret. But, like, like we talked about, I mean, what's the chances he gonna, he's leaving Milwaukee, you know? Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't sound like those chances are very great. Um, I know he gave some quotes during the lockdown about wanting to be in Milwaukee and things along those lines. Um, I mean, there's a couple names there that were interesting. You mentioned Miles Turner or Sabonis, because I don't think Indy can keep both of them at this point. I don't think it's very – they've struggled to play together and – 
Um, they really need some some shooting, maybe a, one more extra piece. So um, maybe they try to get Sabonis, who was an all-star, and sell high on him. Um, the Pacers do. Or, I mean, the other route I could see them they're taking is just simply trading down and getting more draft picks if they really think that they want to go either after Giannis or even Bradley Beal. Um, there was actually a report, this was months ago at this point, that the Knicks had already started calling teams to talk about trading up because there's no team higher in this draft, I don't think, on LaMelo Ball than the New York Knicks. Um, they definitely have him as their top point guard um, and probably their top player overall. I mean, in, in reality, it's kind of a, a perfect match because um, LaMelo, I think, will be able to handle the bright lights and the Knicks badly need a, a face of their rebuild. They've needed it for a decade now. So it makes sense. The Knicks have some assets with the trade, the Porzingis trade. Um, they have a couple extra first-round picks from the Mavs. So, I mean, <clears throat> I could see the Warriors trading down to even, like, number eight. Um, getting – I could very easily see them just fleecing uh, the Knicks. The Warriors could fleece the Knicks in one of these trades and get a bunch of draft picks or get a one of the handful of decent young players they have and – really stocking up to go after Bradley Beal or Giannis if they really think they have a shot at him. Cough, cough, uh, Mitchell Robinson. Um, yeah, I, I think he – now, he's a young guy who – even though they got Kavon Looney, but, you know, Looney had his fair share of, you know, health issues. So, you want to have the right insurance for him, even though they like to play small ball. We've seen, you know, Mitchell Robinson, granted, in, like, limited time because, you know, the foul trouble and just being able to stay on the court. Um, he's been pretty good. He, I would say by far he's their best young prospect by far. Oh, yeah. So, well, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm still pretty kind of bullish on R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Um, he – but it's so weird because it's one of those things where they did not put him in any sort of position to succeed. Mm. So it's hard to tell if the struggles are because he's – struggling or because the situation around him isn't great. So, I mean, I kind of wanted the the Knicks to get to move up in the lottery and get one of Edwards or LaMelo um, just to be able to offer some help for that team because they were basically having RJ play point guard at times last year. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't I, – I could pretty easily see the Knicks moving up because um, I also – I forgot that they did the Marcus Morris trade and got a couple firsts from that. So they actually do have a, a pretty good amount of first-round picks um, to be able to move up. And there's probably not a better time because the Warriors, I think, are going to be more than willing to move down. You can move down to number eight and get a better fit, maybe a, a – Obi Toppin or some of the name uh, Okongwu from USC also for, played with Lamelo, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, maybe just someone um, that's a little bit of a better fit. There's a couple wings in there, and um, because I think wing is probably the biggest need for the Warriors for a young player, um, and you can get a whole bunch of extra assets as well.
Yeah, for sure. But we know time will tell, and um, we'll we'll know everything, I guess, when the uh, you know the draft is so weird because it's technically last month would be like draft season and summer league and all that good stuff. But we'll know, you know, coming up on the fall and and seeing everybody do, you know, whatever they do as far as virtually checking out each of the prospects and, and getting in the medical reports and the numbers. We'll know in due time, but um, I do want to talk a little bit more about LaMelo Ball. I know you, you're the local LaMelo Ball expert. You, uh, you are the president and CEO of the LaMelo Ball fan club. So uh, I, got, I got lots of questions about him. I think my number one thing is he talented, talented player. He may be the most talented player in the draft when you're talking about combination of speed, skill, he got the passing. I do think if he gets in the right environment, he plays valuable NBA minutes, he buys into the team concept, he can be a helpful team defender just, you know, with his height, his length, and, you know, eventually he'll get his NBA body when he get into the NBA routine of working out, um, eating, because considering how they're going to probably move the season along, I think that's going to be one of the things that teams are going to be able to do better when they get the space because, you know, you actually like you're in a – you kind of stand with the team. So they're able to kind of watch you all the time, watch what you eat and whatnot. So I think once he put his teenager habits away, then we'll see that, you know, be a big boost for his game. But um, tell me a little bit about how you're feeling about LaMelo Ball, man. What what are you seeing in him and what what you think his ceiling is? What do you think his basement? Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, LaMelo's about as fascinating a prospect as there's been in in some time. Um, I started working at Lonzo Wire when he was still in the JBA, the uh, long-lived JBA that I think lasted (laughs) about a dozen games. Um, Well, went out for JBA. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, the JBA is – about as much of a sham as there was. That was a league specifically designed so LaMelo could continue playing. Um, There was a handful of kids from that league that went on to play professionally, but they were playing professionally in like Ecuador or like just these really (laughs) obscure countries that I didn't even know had uh, professional basketball leagues. But, I mean, the whole GBA story could be a podcast itself. But um, the numbers LaMelo put up in there are meaningless. He was putting up, like, 40-point triple-doubles because nobody else was remotely close to his level. Um, I actually was – I wrote an article. I was a little worried because I could tell even back then that LaMelo was really talented. His vision just jumps off the charts to me every time we watch him. He can – He's an elite passer, and he will be from day one in the NBA. Um, I was legitimately worried because after the JBA season ended, they don't nobody really talks about it much, but they kind of made a all-star team from the JBA, and then they just went like barnstorming around Europe in like again just really obscure places. They were playing like Belgian second division teams and they were playing just they played in Lithuania um they were just some it was such a bizarre story because 
I, I can, I'll try to find where they were, but they were at some really random uh, location and like Kanye West showed up to one of the games. Um, and it, everything about it was just so bizarre and it just seemed like such a huge sideshow um, that, yeah, he showed up to a game. I don't, Oh, in Lumberg, he was in Germany, just a random game against a team in Germany. And for whatever reason, Kanye West was in Germany and just pulled up to the game and sat on the sideline in like this high school gymnasium. Um, just a really bizarre situation. I was worried that this was going to kind of ruin LaMelo as a prospect because he was not being challenged at all. Every night he was coming out and just the best prospects. Um, it was really the games were meaningless and right about that time is when he left the JBA to go back to traditional high school. He played for Spire. Mm -hmm. Um, And shockingly the JBA lasted about three more games. And then a tournament that was supposed to go until December ended, or excuse me, a tour that was supposed to go through December ended in like early November. Um, But he got back on the radar at Spire. He played with a couple guys who are probably going to be draft picks in the future, Rocket Watts and Isaiah Jackson. Um, it still wasn't the the top competition. A lot of the a lot of the top programs played this moral authority card that they weren't going to play against them because Lamelo was a professional player and now he's back to prep school and uh, it was another big kind of. Sh- big sham type of thing. So they had scheduled games against like Oak Hill and stuff like that. And then they all pulled out. Um, So he didn't really play a lot of great talent, but it got him back on the radar that that's where people really started to realize that this guy's actually a talented player. Um, The NBL, I think, is where everything changed for him because he he goes to Illawarra, which was – one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and I think they they put him on that team, hoping to boost that team's record and, and boost their attendance because they were a struggling team in a lot of regards. Um, but they were a really bad team. And shortly, or about roughly the same time they signed LaMelo, they signed Aaron Brooks. And the two of them were really interesting together in the uh, – first handful of games of the season it showed LaMelo can play a little bit off ball he wasn't quite as as effective but um he can play more as a a combo guard um if it's going to rely on his shot becoming better becoming more reliable for him to play as a, a shooting guard but Aaron Brooks tore his Achilles about six games into the season I want to say Mm. and LaMelo took over as the point guard from then on, and that's when he really started putting up the big numbers. Um, It was – the big thing with that team, though, Illawarra was atrocious. Um, They were the worst team in the league when they had Aaron Brooks and LaMelo. It it was – they were close. I I actually think they might have been the second worst. Um, They really struggled with them. And then the way the 
NBL works is you can only have a certain amount of non-Australian or New Zealand players on the roster. Um, So when Aaron Brooks went down, they basically had an opening. And the franchise was so poorly run that they ended up never signing anyone before LaMelo was out for the season to replace Aaron Brooks. Um, But with LaMelo, the team was three and nine. And without him, they went two and 14 the rest of the season. Um, To give you an idea of the level of talent he was playing with, he's still, LaMelo was still, he showed out his last two games. He put up triple doubles. Um, He was the youngest player in the league's history to record a triple double. Uh, like in their modern era, since they had shot clocks and whatnot. And then he was the youngest player to ever do it in back-to-back games. And I saw Draft Express had kind of a model that that ranks um, how good some of these foreign leagues are. And the NBL ranks out as um, a little bit better than Division One basketball. So, I mean – it wasn't like he was doing it against scrub competition. It would be like if he was in a um, in the college basketball and put up back-to-back triple doubles, which would certainly grab anyone's attention if it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a couple. He had a game winner during that stretch. Um, it was a it was a big one. One of them came against a playoff team, um, so it was a a good team. So I mean. It was a big stretch for him, and it looked like he'd really turn the corner. And then if you want to believe in conspiracy theories, he puts up back-to-back triple-doubles and then had a foot injury that had never been mentioned before and (laughs) eventually never played another game in the league. Right. Um, So it's been a really wild career he's had. Um, I know that was a lot, but I mean, I, I find him incredibly fascinating. He's, like I said, he's an elite passer, elite vision. He's going to be able to run the pick and roll at a high level, I think, um, from day one. He can, some of the passes he made were just on another level. Um, he knows where guys are supposed to be, where guys are spotted up, um, it, and even, I mean, he averaged 6.8 assists per game. And I could tell you there's probably three, four, maybe five times a game that his teammates would either miss layups or just badly miss wide open threes. So that number could have been even higher. Um, and there was a report that came out. I mean, it, it seems kind of obvious, but a lot of, it's it said that most NBA teams believe that LaMelo is going to have a lot more success with NBA level opponents just because of how bad Illawarra was last season. They, they pretty much gutted the entire roster after the season end ended. They found out that the owners just weren't paying um, the staff and um, there was just a whole bunch of problems that they had. And uh, they had to, they sold the team and whatnot and, just basically cleaned house. So it was a really, even for how good of a situation it ended up being for LaMelo, it was still a really, really poorly run team that he found a lot of success in. Um, so that alone gives me a lot of optimism. I, 
I think I don't think he's as much of a high risk prospect as others do. And maybe this is me being having some favoritism or something, being biased because of having watched him for so long. But uh, I think his floor, he's still going to be an elite passer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be six set. He's already six seven. He's still growing. So you're looking at a six eight type of point guard that's an elite passer. You're going to have a a guy that will be able to lead, even if he never pans out to any of his potential. He can be a backup point guard that will lead guide offenses um, for quite a while, I think. And that's assuming he doesn't improve his shot at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just things that he still has really good touch uh, around the rim and has a really good floater. Um, and so I even think his floor is still a guy that's going to have a long NBA career. His ceiling, though, if he can get his shot to come around, man, I think he's going to be really, really good. He's the type of guy that um, can change your franchise if he pans out. Yeah, I agree. If, if I think if he can, if he can be somewhere – Somewhere around the SGA-ish with, uh, like you said, with a little bit more playmaking ability. You really got something on your hands. Even at worst, being a a second-unit player, I I think he would finish a lot of games. I envision that he will, like I said, over time as he continues to grow. And I think the biggest thing is environment, just like with with all Mm -hmm. all brothers, environment. Um, With the, the way that the NBA is, I think, it's it's to me it feels like it's more structure it's more hands-on um and it feels like no pressure too because if, if this is going to be the new normal of how we're playing basketball without bright lights without almost like without expectations um you know i think he can step right in and it's also going to be he's the perfect prospect to put a franchise to the test as far as are you really nurturing the player are you really helping him build? Are you helping him find a role, you know, early into his career? And can you do your job as a franchise to make sure that you get this player you're spending this top pick asset on? Um, assets are, uh, are you going to, you know, do what you need to do to get him to where he he's projected? And I, I do think it's, I think the Knicks going to trade up for number two. I don't know who what's going to be involved, but like you said, I think they, they got their eyes on, uh, you know, LaMelo Ball. And he signed – did he sign with Rock Nation too or did he sign with CAA? I think he signed um, with Rock Nation. Trick, trick answer, it was both. He was with oh, CAA okay. and I'm pretty sure – it never came out. I'm pretty sure Leon Rose was his agent. And then when Leon Rose left, they left CAA and signed with Rock Nation. Mm, see, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a natural fit. I think it'll be – if it goes as uh as I would love for it to go for him, I think it'd be a perfect fit. If they, you know, if they want to keep Frank Nilakatina, I might have screwed his name. Frankie Smokes. If they want to keep, say, Frankie, I, I have no idea if you screwed it up because I can't so, say it either. Yeah, yeah, super tricky. If they keep Frankie Smokes, um, I definitely think they would make a a very very interesting backcourt because you know Frankie Smokes, great player defensively, he can cover you know, uh, LaMelo until he's up to speed with the NBA. And then, you know, LaMelo can handle everything on offense and 
if they do keep Dennis Smith, they can sprinkle in some Dennis Smith. Um, and then, you know, put him besides uh, R.J. Barrett, let him play the three. And, you know, got something cooking. You may have something cooking, but he'll definitely be box office. People will want to tune in naturally. He'll, he's a ball brother. People want to see if he's going to answer the questions, whether that's if he's going to be a bust or if he's going to be a boom. So time will tell, but I certainly think the Knicks are going to trade up and get him. And um, I appreciate you, man, for, you know, giving me clarity uh, on what you've seen in him as a prospect and, you know, talking about the depths of what he went through as far as going to the JBL and participating in the JBA and now, you know, working his way up into, uh, you know, up into the draft and then trying to see where he's going to get picked. Yeah, like you said, he's going to be a great test for how good a franchise is at development because if the Knicks really, it seems like uh, Leon Rose has kind of changed the environment a bit. Um, If that's really the case, then LaMelo is going to be a perfect test case because if you really think you change the environment, bring in LaMelo and he can be that guy for them. yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. It's a really, it's a really good point. And yeah, I mean, the Knicks do have some interesting pieces. I have a lot of good, or at least decent, complimentary young players. Um, they just need that face of the or of the rebuild, the face of the franchise, really. And Lamelo can be that. I, I too think, I think Edwards probably goes number one. He's a little bit better of a fit. Um, with Minnesota, and then I think the Knicks trade up to number two and take Lamelo. Yeah, yeah, I was actually just gonna ask you about that. I, I think yeah, Edwards, like I say, natural fit because he can play, um, you know, both guard spots. Strong. You you can in the way that the NBA is played now, he can drop down and play the three. Hell, he can even you know get mix it up at the four the way you know teams are putting out lineups nowadays. And um, I think he can come in and play now. Um, contrary to what, you know, like I said, I think the Warriors going to be hunting again. They'll be in the hunt again. So I do think going to the Timberwolves, he can play. Um, they, sh- You know, they should be comp- competitive-ish. I don't know how much, but, you know, they got uh, they got Cad and they got D'Lo and a couple of other good young guys. So I think he can kind of slide in with, with that crew and be a nice little piece going forward with Culver. And then you got, um, yeah, 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 uh, definitely. So I think he's going to go no more. Yeah. And I think the, what, how the Timberwolves view D'Lo will determine, um, who they go with number one, mainly from a position standpoint, if they think he's a point guard, and their point guard of the future, I think they go with Edwards. If they think he is more of a combo guard or just a guard, shooting guard even, um, I think they'll go Lamelo. Um, the problem too, if you draft Lamelo in Minnesota, is D'Angelo and Lamelo will give up about 150 points per game. Um, Lamelo has a lot of work to do defensively. A lot of it is focused stuff. Um, he has a lot of the same instincts Lonzo does in terms of like almost being a ball hawk defensively and um, getting being in the right spots off the ball. But he got toasted a lot um, in ISOs on the ball. They 
targeted him a lot. Um, he has a lot to learn. And they actually, some of the coaches came out and just outright said, because of Lamelo's just weird upbringing, he never did simple things like defense, like real practices he was a part of. So, I mean, when they were teaching him what they thought were basic drills for the NBL level defensively, he literally didn't know them. Um, so that's one of the things that you're going to have to work around as well is it, it's wild how good of a prospect he is with how poorly LeVar handled pretty much everything from the moment he took him out of Chino mm-hmm. um, because he's not had any sort of just from like a natural skill development and practice standpoint, nothing about that's been natural. So he's going to have a lot of, a long way to go defensively um, to even be slight or even be below average. Um, but I, I'll tell you, if Minnesota drafts a mellow number one, that's going to be one of the most fun offensive backcourts in the league. Um, but yeah, I, I think Minnesota drafts Edwards. I could honestly even see them taking Wiseman and playing Towns as a power forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think Lamelo is probably third on their list of uh, players of those three. Um, if I could see Lamelo falling as low as number three, if Golden State stays at number two, like I said, I don't think there's hardly any scenario where they take Lamelo unless something drastically changes. Um, and then it would be just as fascinating to see LaMelo and LeVar in Charlotte where Michael Jordan owns the team. Yeah, that'd be nice. Nice to see. Uh, I don't know how the interaction between – well, I do know how it'll work. Michael Jordan would show up with a basketball, stick it in a LeVar ball's chest and say, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's, my God. How much happens. money would you pay for that to see oh, that wow. A lot. Shoot, I would uh, I would cut the the, the Hornet season in half if they just give me seven games of that. <laughs> they uh, there's been video of Lavar playing basketball that's come out a couple times. Lavar is horrendous at basketball. I don't know where his confidence comes from because it doesn't look like at any point he was a good basketball player. Um. I would pay to see MJ beat him 11 nothing in like 11 shots because it would be an absolute clinic. It would be hilarious. Riveting stuff, man. Riveting stuff. But, uh, man, that was, that was definitely a good talk. I, I definitely appreciate you for coming on, Jacob. Uh, what you, uh, you got anything you're working on or anything coming out soon? Just, uh, Keeping up with the the Lonzo and Lamelo rumors, I uh, I'm gonna be doing some some profiles for um, the top handful of teams in the lottery. Uh, see how Lamelo fits with their team and whatnot. In case there's teams that trade up, so if you're a fan of a team in the lottery and want to see how Lamelo would fit on your team, give Lonzo Wire a follow, and that'll probably be coming in the next week. I'll start putting some of those out. Hey, sounds good, man. Sounds good. Where can the, uh, the people follow you as far as your socials? It's uh, at Jacob Rude on uh, Twitter. And like I said, at Lonzo Wire to, uh, to follow some of the work there. And then 
If you're a Lakers fan, I uh, I do podcasts with Silver Screen and Roll each week as well, and I'm sure most people probably know where that's at. So any of those places, you can find my work. Hey, I got you, man. But again, Jacob, I thank you so much for coming on. Here's to uh, let's hope it's a long playoff run for us. And uh, we're going to definitely enjoy this one. And hopefully we come out with that 17 and, and we can celebrate. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us, whether it'll be tomorrow night, tomorrow morning, tomorrow evening, whenever you listen to it. Uh, hopefully we'll be back pretty soon and giving you all some more stuff to, uh, to check out and listen to. Stay safe and y'all enjoy yourselves and enjoy the playoffs. We'll see y'all later.